Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. What should you not say? To a child with ADHD. Well, that, you know, it's so true. I spent my whole childhood being told and these exact words, why do you have to do everything in such a tearing hurry? Concentrate on what you're doing. Look at, look at what you're doing because mm. I was always, you know, moved on. Um, every theatre I went to with my mum, she would tell me to stop fidgeting and stop moving. I had no idea that I was, but, you know, stop fidgeting, stop moving. My big thing is because I'm, because I'm a counsellor, um, and an author now, but I'm still a counsellor at heart. And I believe that everybody has the right to be their authentic self. Yeah. And for ADHD people, we have as much right to be our authentic self as anybody else. Yeah. Mm. And that means we are going to fidget. That means we are going to move around. That means we are going to have something to fiddle with and play with. And we are going to get lost on our way here and all that sort of stuff. And that's acceptable. That doesn't need telling off because that's just our authentic selves. I think the worst thing you can do to ADHD people, and this still happens a lot in families and in schools, and that's that they try to turn the ADHD kid into a neurotypical one mm. or as close to as they can. And I always say in, uh, in the last book I've written, which is the one for teenagers, stop trying to knock the ADHD out of your child. Stop it accept it and work with it you know accept that they are going to be hyperactive get them doing things every day physically get them out exercising on a boat get them at the gym you know use that hyperactivity don't tell them off for it use it to your advantage and that's also in my teacher's book very much that if you've got an ADHD kid in the class use it to your advantage if you need things handing out, if you need a child to go to the headmaster and pass a message, if you need the door opening, anything to get that child up doing something. So use it, but don't try and knock it out of people. There's still too many people. We we hear this all the time. There are, st there are schools, you know, whole schools that go, well, yes, we accept he's got ADHD, but he's got to behave like the rest. That's not accepting that he's ADHD. Mm. And that's that's the sort of thing that we fight all the time. Because I, as I say, I firmly believe that ADHD people have the right to be their authentic selves as much as anybody else. However, I do understand that means we mustn't annoy other people and we have to be fit in to a certain degree. But trying to knock the ADHD out of people, mm. I do not agree with it at all. I really don't. I mean, that begs the question, ADHD kids can be very sensitive to rejection yep. and criticism. So obviously, as you alluded to, there will be situations where you do need to correct behavior. Yep. If they're in a restaurant and they're throwing curry at the person yeah, sat next yeah, to you. So how, yeah. do you, how do you correct behavior of an ADHD child when that child is very sensitive? I believe by explaining the effect on the other person. So if we use your beautiful example of throwing curry at other people, it's just, uh, uh, in, in, in my view, it would not shouting and telling them off and going, sit down, you're embarrassing us. None of that. Just go, 
look, that lady has got a really pretty dress on. Mm. And if you keep doing that, that's going to make her pretty dress not nice. So let's not do that. If you need to throw it, let's sit here and let's do something. Yeah, do it that way. If, if you come at things in a positive way all the time, and also if you give children a reason why it's not a great idea to carry on punching somebody or throwing something at somebody, because that lady is going to get hurt or upset, or we don't want to muck her dress up, do we? That it doesn't come across as criticism. It for me with ADHD children, and I've got an ADHD niece who I help bring up. It's always about the way you word things, and I totally get the RSD because I'm a massive RSD person myself. Massive, I can take anything the wrong way, so I get it. But if you come at it, if you come at things positively and you explain why it's probably not the best idea to do something. Maybe that lady might get upset. Who knows? She might, she might not. Who knows? But let's not do that just in case she does. And instead, come out with me and let's go and play football in the park. You mm. know, that 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 sort of wording is not going to upset an ADHD child. If you go, you bloody idiot, you've just ruined her dress. Da-da-da-da. Yes, that's going to bring mm. on tantrums and tears and upset and all the rest of it. And it's the kind of reaction that probably lots of teachers, not through their own fault, say to ADHD kids in the classroom when they're acting out now, do you think? Yes, and it's not the teacher's fault. Every te- pretty much every teacher I've met, and I've met hundreds because we do a lot of training in schools, they are lovely and they want to understand ADHD. You know, they're, 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 they're kind of perplexed. They don't understand why they've not been trained in it either because they go, well, there's going to be at least one. The odds are there'll be one to three ADHD kids in a class. So the teachers are lovely. I, have, I had one Senko, for example, in a school in East London who came up to me. We'd done, I'd just done two hours training on ADHD. She came up to me afterwards and she said, I'm a Senko. And she said, I've been one for 20 years. And she said, I've been on an awful lot of training in 20 years and nothing that I've just heard in there has been in my Senko training. Thank you very much. And she also, I see, I've got this big thing that everybody with dyslexia has also got ADHD. She said, she said, and by the way, I've got dyslexia, but I now realise I've got ADHD as well, as have my two daughters. So thank you very much for that. So these Senkos even aren't getting the right training, you mm. know, because our teacher training is all about what ADHD is, how the brain, how how we think, all about the emotional dysregulation, rejection-sensitive dysphoria, the way we like to feel in charge, all this sort of stuff. And they're not taught this. They might be taught about a bit, you know, hyperactivity, distraction, that sort of stuff. But they're not taught about the way the ADHD brain works and how to interact with it. And that is basically, I always, when parents say, can you sum it up? I say, yeah, two ways. Number one, ask questions, don't tell. Ask, would you like to go for your dinner now? Would you like to wait and have it half an hour after this show? Or would you like to have it at seven o'clock? Ask questions. That doesn't put an ADHD person's back up, yeah? Because it puts them in charge, yeah? And the other thing is choices. Don't don't insist they do their maths homework now. So you can do your maths homework now, or would you rather do your history? Or would you rather do your English? Choices always goes down well with ADHD kids. So questions and choices. That's the that's the mm. start there, and you won't go far wrong. Do you think that's also the solution to a situation that many ADHD parents find themselves in, and that's when their child is refusing to eat, refusing to go to school. Is that because they're not in charge of that decision? That sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I mean, school anxiety is a, a big thing. Very often, it's because you've got an undiagnosed comorbidity or coexisting condition. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've, we've worked with a couple of clients who've got dysgraphia. 
You know, do you know what dysgraphia no, is? Dysgraphia. Okay, dys- dysgraphia is um, it, it goes along with the dyslexia, dyspraxias, all of those. But dysgraphia, in simple terms, is where the brain, the message from the brain to the hands, is corrupted. So people with dysgraphia, they can have it all up here, all the information up here, but they can't write it, type. There's no good giving them a laptop or an iPad. It makes no difference. They can't get the information out of here. And when I was trying to work out whether somebody aged 29 had dysgraphia, oh, he, his mum was sitting next to me. This boy had been in and out of prison constantly till he was 29. And his mum said, oh, my God, is this why... I've always had to write his homework for him. Why he would, he couldn't sit down, of course, very hyperactive. He would walk around the kitchen table shouting out the answers and I would have to write it down for him because he's got dysgraphia, but nobody had picked it up. Mm. So school refusing is very often because of undiagnosed coexisting conditions. And just as you were saying before, that, that shows up in classes and is humiliating. For kids, yeah? If they can't do what they're supposed to be doing, the humiliation kicks in. So what happens then? Either either they swerve classes altogether and they, you know, get the toilets or don't go in, or they kick off, or they get distracted and they chat to other people. They cover it up, basically, rather than go, I can't do this, because that's humiliating. Mm. So do, do, do choices work when it comes to school? Yes, sometimes. If you say, you know, look, I can either take you in myself or do you want to go on the bus or would you rather walk with your best friend? Yes, it can work, but it could also be covering up something else, which would be some sort of anxiety. I've known teenagers who've had to have alcohol before they can go in. Literally, a couple of nips of vodka before they could go to school, you know. Um, and I've known other teenagers who've had, who've had to smoke cannabis to get themselves calm enough to mm. go into school. So there's lots of reasons for school refusing, but um, options on the whole work for ADHD people. On, and that's adults as well. Yeah, I'm the same. Mm. Somebody says to me, do you want a curry or an Indian or Chinese? If they just say to me, we're going for a Chinese, I'll think, mm, I don't really fancy a Chinese. Whereas if they'll say, right, we've got the option, Chinese, Indian or pizza, then, then I'm good. I've got the choice. <laughs> 